الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته We have another uh, tafsir class and we have reached the tafsir of Surah Al-Qadr. The tafsir of Surah Al-Qadr. And this uh, surah is known by the name Surah Al-Qadr and is also known by the name Surah Laylat Al-Qadr. The surah of Al-Qadr or the surah of Laylat Al-Qadr. Ibn Kathir, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he indicated that this surah is Makkiyah, but that's not a thing or that's not a matter that all of the scholars were agreement or in agreement over. Some of them said that it was Madaniyah. However, it appears that the majority and Allah knows best appears that they indicate that it was Makkiyah. The topic of the surah is the revelation of the Qur'an and the noble and virtuous nature of the night of Laylatul Qadr, as well as the virtue of the Qur'an that was revealed within it. And the first issue that we're going to deal with in this surah is the meaning of the word Qadr. What does this word Qadr mean? Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr. Indeed, we sent it down on Laylat Al-Qadr. What does this word Al-Qadr mean? There are three different opinions that I'm going to give you for this. Uh, the first, and this is the most common, is that the meaning of it is Al-Hukm. That it refers to the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is taken from the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, فِيهَا يُفْرَقُ كُلُّ أَمْرٍ حَكِيمٍ In this night, every matter which is hakim, every wise matter, everything which has been decreed, it is separated and it is organized on that night. And the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةٍ مُبَارَكَةٍ we indeed sent it down on a blessed night. And so they said that this refers to, and this is in Surah Dukhan, that it refers to Al-Hukm, that the word Al-Qadr here, it means the night of the decree of Allah, where Allah rules and decrees certain things to happen. The second opinion is that the word Qadr here it means Qadr as in Sharaf, the nobility, the night of nobility, the night of the night which is noble and virtuous, and it has virtues and it has a position. And linguistically, this is another meaning of the word Qadr, because linguistically we also say we also say, for example, Qadr al-Shay, the position of something, the status of something. So here it would refer to status, qadr meaning sharaf, status and virtue and nobility.
And there is no reason why we can't bring these two together and keep both of them. And this is a theme I think you've taken from our tafsir classes many times, is that the majority of the time, the different opinions that exist in tafsir are from the point of view of ikhtilafu tanawu'. They are examples where the differences are not contradictory. They are complementary. So yes, Laylatul Qadr is Laylat Al-Hukam. It's the night of judging, the night in which the decree, the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal is decreed. فِيهَا يُفْرَقُوا كُلُّ أَمْرٍ حَكِيمٍ Every wise matter that is going to happen, everything that Allah has decreed to happen in the year, Allah Azza wa Jal has decreed for it to be on that night that it is, it is sent down and it is set out. And also, it also means the night of Asharaf, the night of virtue and the night of status. And the surah talks about both. It talks about the Qadr of Allah as in the decree of Allah and what Allah decrees to happen on that night. And it also talks about Sharaf Hadihi Layla, the position and the status of this night in the sight of Allah Jalla Fi there is another opinion, because I said I would mention three to you, and that is that the meaning of Al-Qadr is Al-Diq. It means that it is the night which is uh, restricted or the night in which there is no space. Now, that's a strange one. One thing, where did that come from? Because isn't it a night where the rizq is set out? So why is it a night of atiq, a night where everything is restricted and there's not, there's not enough space? What does that mean then? They took this from the use of the word qadr to mean restriction, to mean being restricted. For example, in Surah Al-Fajr, وَأَمَّا إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ فَقَدَرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقَهُ and as for the person when they are tested and their wealth is restricted, their provisions are cut down. And the word used for it is qadr. So that word could be used for that. Now this opinion is not a strong opinion. I just want you to understand where did it come from. So we said that the word qadr can use to mean restriction and limiting something. So what is the restriction here? They said it is kathratul malaika. It is all of the angels that come on that night. And there is an authentic narration which mentions that they are more than the stones on the earth, more than the pebbles on the earth. There are more angels on the earth on the night of Laylatul Qadr than all of the pebbles and the stones on the earth. And so the, there is no space because of the angels that flood the earth at that, on that night. And even though uh, it is not a strong opinion in terms of the meaning of the word, it's not a strong opinion in terms of the meaning of Al-Qadr in, in, in the surah, Inna anzalnahu fi Qadr, the principle of the fact that the angels fill the earth and the earth is flooded with the angels and the, and the angels are great in number on that night on the earth, then this is something which has a dalil, it has an evidence for it. So now we've taken that, now let's go to the beginning of the surah. We've understood the meaning of the word al-qadr. 
and we've understood that the two strongest opinions is that Al-Qadr is Al-Hukm and it is Al-Sharaf. So that it is a layla of, it's a night in which rulings are established and it's a night of virtue and a night of nobility. Inna anzalnahu. Indeed, we sent it down. Now, one of the things you'll notice here about the word it is that the topic or the subject, actually it's the, in a way, it's actually the object, not the subject. But the object of the sentence is not mentioned. The damir here, the pronoun, we sent it down. It's not mentioned. What it? And there is no ikhtilaf. There is no difference that I can find among Ahlul Ilm that what is sent down is the Qur'an. But there's a, an interesting principle here is that sometimes, generally I think in, in tafsir often for us as speakers of English, one of the trickier points to deal with are the bama'ir, the pronouns. Because Arabic is very flexible in its use of pronouns. You know, like the way that pronouns are used in Arabic has a wide application and it can be sometimes difficult. Here it's not difficult to know what is meant, but here we have a little, like, little grammatical benefit, which is that you can mention a pronoun in Arabic without having ever mentioned the actual noun itself, if it is understood clearly what is being spoken about. Because here Allah said, Inna anzalna hu fi qadr. And Allah didn't say, Inna anzalna al-Qur'ana fi qadr. Allah said, Inna anzalna hu. But because the, the understanding is clearly that the reference is to the Qur'an, there isn't a need to have mentioned the actual word Qur'an is allowed in Arabic for you to jump straight into the pronoun like that and say we sent it down as long as there is no confusion over what that word it actually means. Indeed, we sent it down on or during Laylat Al-Qadr. Laylat Al-Qadr is one night and I didn't find any ikhtilaf in this among the ulama despite a lot of ikhtilaf they have so much differing over when that night is none of them differed that it is a night to the best of my knowledge it's a night so how is it that the Quran was sent down in a night because Allah didn't say we sent down some of it we sent down some of the Qur'an in Laylatul Qadr. Allah said, we sent it down in Laylatul Qadr. How is that? So in this, we have a narration from Abdullah ibn Abbas. And it's not a narration which is raised up to the Prophet It's from Ibn Abbas's own opinion. But what we're going to hear about this is, What Ibn Abbas says here is not possible that he could have said it from his own opinion. Ibn Abbas, he said, أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ الْقُرْآنَ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدَةً مِنَ اللَّوْحِ الْمَحْفُوظِ إِلَى بَيْتِ الْعِزَّةِ فِي السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا ثُمَّ نُزِّلَ مُفَصَّلًا بِحَسَبِ الْوَقَاعِ فِي ثَلَاثٍ وَعِشْرِينَ سَنَةً عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمٍ this ether from Ibn Abbas is, is a report which is sahih. It's authentically reported from Ibn Abbas and from others. That he said Allah sent down the Qur'an in one go. One time. From the lawh al-mahfuz 
to a place called Bayt al-Izzah, the house of honor or power of or might, which exists in the Sama'i dunya. It exists in the lowest heaven. Then Allah sent it down mufassalan, in pieces. Some of the scholars, they refer to it as munajjaman, in portions, to, according to the events that happened over 23 years, to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, this is an this is athar, as we said, from Ibn Abbas. It's not something from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But we ask the question, this is authentic from Ibn Abbas. Is it possible Ibn Abbas just figured this out for himself? Is it possible that he read it from Bani Israel and he reported it? In reality, it isn't. For him to say that Allah sent it from the Lawah Mahfuz to Bayt al-Izzah and from Bayt al-Izzah to the Prophet over 23 years, this is something mimma la yuqalu bil-ra'i. It can't be said from just guessing or just uh, having an idea about it. It has to be something that he knew from the Prophet So I believe that this athar of Ibn Abbas is fi hukam al-marfu' It is the ruling, has the ruling of the hadith of the Prophet That this Qur'an was sent down one time from the Lawul Mahfuz to Bayt al-Izzah, this place called Bayt al-Izzah, the house of power, or the house of might in the Sama'i dunya, in the lowest heaven. And then Allah Azza wa Jal gave it in pieces and in portions to the Prophet over a period of 23 years. Now, here, the, uh, there are other opinions about, it, about this and uh, relating to the ayah. One of them is that the meaning of inna anzalnahu means inna anzalna awwalahu. We sent down the beginning of the Qur'an on Laylatul Qadr. We sent down the beginning of the Qur'an on Laylatul Qadr because the very first ayah of the Qur'an, iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, khalaq al-insana min alaq, iqra' wa rabbuka al-akram. This we're going to come to in the next surah because we have the tafsir of surah iqra' Insha'Allah, which is going to come up in the next lesson. But right now, uh, the very first ayah that was sent down, Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, was sent down to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on Laylatul Qadr. So here, that one of the opinions is that the meaning of uh, we sent it down on Laylatul Qadr is we sent the first ayah on Laylatul Qadr. But it's interesting now, question. Are these two things contradictory? Is there a contradiction between these two things, these two opinions, that we sent down the beginning of it or that we sent it down? Is there a contradiction in these two opinions? And the answer is no, there isn't a contradiction. Uh, it's perfectly possible to accept both of these as being the tafsir of inna anzalnahu fi qadr. We sent down the beginning of it in Laylatul Qadr and we sent down the whole Qur'an because both are true. So the whole Qur'an was sent down to the Sama'i dunya, to the lowest heaven on Laylatul Qadr and Iqra was sent from the lowest heaven to the Prophet on Laylatul Qadr. So there is no reason why we can't take both of these two opinions together 
and there are other uh, there are other opinions. Among the other opinions is that every Laylatul Qadr, Allah would send down from the Quran everything that was going to happen in that year. I everything we said the Prophet received the Quran over twenty three years. In every year, he would send down the portion of that year, and there is no there is no specific evidence for that. And Allah knows best. As for Laylatul Qadr and when it is, then there are around about or approximately 40 different opinions about Laylatul Qadr, which are mentioned by Al Hafid ibn Hajar, Rahimullah Ta'ala, and others when they brought this issue out and they looked at it, they said that there are around about 40, 40 different opinions about when Laylatul Qadr is. However, and it's surprising because if you consider Laylatul Qadr being in the last 10 days of Ramadan, then you only have 10 options, 10 different opinions. Well, maybe we can extend it to 11 different opinions. Maybe if we say the whole of Ramadan, we can extend it to 30 different opinions. But Allahumma, how did we end up with 40 opinions about something which doesn't have that many days? But when you see, you see that even some of the ulama didn't limit it even to Ramadan. Some of them said it can happen any day of the year and other opinions like that. However, the strongest opinion and the one that is inshallah supported by the evidence and we're going to cover it in some detail is that Laylatul Qadr takes place in the last 10 days of Ramadan and it moves around. It moves. It's not on a fixed day of those 10. Rather, it moves around among those 10. But here we're going to mention something extremely, extremely, extremely important. And that is that there are two ways of counting the last 10 days. And the difference between them could be the difference between making Laylatul Qadr or missing Laylatul Qadr. And that is, do we count the days from the beginning of the month or do we count the days from the end of the month? And there are narrations which would seem to support both, but there are a couple of very clear narrations that Laylatul Qadr is counted from the last 10 days, counting from the end of the month, not from the beginning of the month. And this is why we advise people very strongly not to count odd and even days and not to give it any consideration. In other words, to try to catch Laylatul Qadr on all of the last 10 days of Ramadan. And what we see a lot of people doing when it comes to Laylatul Qadr is a huge mistake. First of all, the biggest mistake, they only go out one night in Ramadan. They pick the 27th night and they go out on the 27th night. And this is a mistake from a number of angles. First of all, the ahadith indicate that it can happen on any one of the odd nights. That's the first mistake. So they cut their options down to 20%, one-fifth of the possibles. And they, they, they gave themselves only a 20% chance of being correct when they go out on that one night. But actually, when we look at this issue of Laylatul Qadr being counted from the end of the month, actually it's even worse than that. They only gave themselves a 10% chance of being correct because the end of the month changes the even and the odd days around. So the days that were even become odd and the days that were odd can become even 
depending on whether the month is 29 days long or 30 days long. So the people who go out on the 27th, they're not even guaranteed that that night is even the 27th. They're not even guaranteed that it is the 27th by counting at the end of the month. Yes, from the beginning of the month, they have somewhat of a, a guarantee, even though the beginning of the month of Ramadan could have been calculated incorrectly. And it happens sometimes that people misunderstood the, the, the beginning of Ramadan in some places. But let's just say that that's unlikely. But if you're counting from the end of the month, i.e. when there's one odd night remaining, two odd nights remaining, one even one and so on, then the night that you thought was 27 is either 26 or 28. It's not 27 according to the count at the end of the month. So this is a big, big mistake people make. And they're actually reducing their chances of Laylatul Qadr down to a very, very small amount because they're only going out on one night. And most likely that one night they're going out is not even the night that they think it is. It could even be the wrong night, i.e. it could be an even night and not an odd night, which is what they think it is. So really this is a matter which people need to be careful about. And that is that from the earliest possible time that Laylatul Qadr could be, a person should spend that time worshipping Allah and praying those nights from the earliest possible time that it could be. And the earliest possible time that it could be is if the month is short, it's 29 days, is you go back from that, any the, the 10 days back from that. So ultimately, you want to catch all of the even days, you want to catch all of the odd days, in case the odd becomes even and the even becomes odd because of the change at the end of the month, as is indicated in some of the ahadith. So here, it's not safe. What we're saying here is that it's not a safe opinion for a person to just guess when Laylatul Qadr is and go out on one particular night. Rather, what a person must do is a person must go on all of the 10 nights, not the odd ones, not the even ones, all of the 10 nights, all of the last 10 nights from the, from the shortest time of the month, i.e. from the night which they accounted as the 20th uh, the 20th night coming before the 20th day. And that brings to another issue which people get wrong about Laylatul Qadr. And that is that they frequently forget that the night comes before the day. So in Islamic months, nights, or in Islamic days, nights come before days. So the night of Ramadan comes before the day of Ramadan. And that's well known because of the issue that when you pray taraweeh, you pray taraweeh the night before you start fasting. Has anyone thought about why you pray the night of taraweeh before you start fasting? Because that is the beginning of the day. The day begins at Maghrib. And so we pray taraweeh before we fast. Because it comes before. So the first night of Ramadan comes before the first fast. And the first fast happens after the first night. And so on. And then so if you look towards the end of the month, Ramadan ends with fasting. It doesn't end with praying. It ends with the fast that finishes at the, the Adhan of Maghrib, which is the Maghrib on the day, which is Maghrib before the day of Eid, on the day of Eid. And it comes before that. 
So because the days, the nights come before the days, this is another reason why people get all mixed up and confused. Is it the 27th night? Is it not the 27th night? The simple solution is all of the last 10 days or 11 days, even if the month is long, including the very last night before you think that the Eid is going to be and the last time you pray Taraweeh. So you think it's going to be the last fast tomorrow, for example. You still pray on that night. And as for this issue of people going and waiting till the masjid is full on the 27th night, and every other night, maybe on the 29th night, the masjid is empty. And yet there is an equal chance or an equal likelihood of it being on that night as much as it is there being on the 27th night, which people presume that it is. So this presumption about Laylatul Qadr and going out on one night this is, not the, this is not the correct thing to do. Rather, the person for all of the last 10 nights, they should be, whether the month is short or long, all of the last 10 nights, they should be there praying so that they can be sure that they prayed on Laylat al-Qadr. And we're going to come to more of this as we come to the narrations, which are evidence uh, for this principle uh, that we mentioned. Allah Azza wa Jal he told us inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr wa ma adraka ma laylatul qadr what will make you know what laylatul qadr is there is a statement from sufyan uh, from sufyan rahimahullah ta'ala that he said every time in the quran that allah says ma adraka he goes on to tell you what the answer is and every time he says, ma yudarika, he doesn't tell you what the answer is. Ma adaraka is the past tense and ma yudarika is the present tense. What will make you know? So ma adaraka, what made you know? And ma yudarika, what will make you know? Ma adaraka, what made you know in the past? Wa ma yudarika, what will make you know? So here, Imam Sufyan uh, he said that every time that Allah says ma adaraka, the past tense version, and the two meanings are the same, what will make you know, whenever Allah uses the past tense, he goes on to explain the answer. And whenever he uses the present tense, he doesn't explain the answer. So for example, وَمَا uh, يُدْرِيكَ uh, what will what will make you know or how will you come to know perhaps the hour will be near so when Allah said in relation to the hour he didn't tell when the hour will be he didn't tell but when Allah said he told you what Laylatul Qadr is what will you know about Laylatul Qadr Laylatul Qadri khayrun min alfi shahr. Laylatul Qadr is better than a thousand months. A thousand months. Now imagine a thousand months. In iddata shuhuri inda Allah ithna ashara shahran fi kitabi lahi yawma khalaqa samawati wal ard. The number of months in the sight of Allah is 12 months in every year. 12 months in every year. Now take a thousand months. 
a thousand months and work out how many years that is. More than 83 years of worship, of rewards in one single night. In one single night. Look at the rewards of that night and the virtue and the sharaf of that night. That all of those rewards come in just one single night. And imagine now a person prays, let's say the Prophet he told us the average lifespan of this ummah will be between 60 to 70 years old. So let's say that a person lives until 65 on average. And let's say that for, you know, let's say for we'll take 10 years off because of the them being young, being very young children. But we'll say from the age of 10 years old, they prayed the last 10 nights of Ramadan, every Ramadan from the age of 10 years old. That's an average of 55 years of praying. 55 years times by a thousand months. 55,000 months worth of prayers from that lifetime of just getting laid to Qadr every year. What a huge reward in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what a huge indication of Allah's mercy and Allah's uh, kindness and Allah's generosity that he made so much, so many opportunities for us to worship him in a very short amount of time. And then imagine the person who went through those 50 years or 55 years and subhanAllah, they didn't pray that Laylatul Qadr. Or they just came out on the 27th night every year and maybe in the 55 years they only got it right 10% of the time or 20% of the time. How much good has that person, how many thousands of months and thousands of years and so on of ibadah has a person prohibited themselves from? Has a person lost because they just came out on one night in the month or because they didn't for many years take it seriously and they didn't come out on Laylatul Qadr uh, and they didn't make an effort to worship Allah on that night. The reality is, and, and I want to I wanna just highlight something that Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn Mas'ud has some narrations where he radiallahu an indicated that Laylatul Qadr could happen on any night of the year. When this is maybe not a strong uh, opinion yani, because there are many ahadith which indicate that it will only happen, it only happens at the end of Ramadan. However, what I want to take from this statement uh, regarding Laylatul Qadr, the Salaf who said that Laylatul Qadr could be any day of the year, is that if you really want to be a person that catches Laylatul Qadr, you can't be a person that worships Allah one day a year. Because generally speaking, it's when you worship Allah on that regular, consistent basis that Allah opens the doors for you to be able to worship Him on these special occasions. As for the person who thinks they can cheat the system and they think that they can uh, you know, find a way around it and that they're not going to pray anything during the year and they're not going to pray anything during Ramadan and one night a year they're going to get out and stand up and Allah is going to forgive them. 
They try to deceive Allah, but Allah will deceive them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, very rarely will that person achieve a success in their life. If that is their mentality, that I'm not going to worship Allah and I'm not going to turn to Allah except one single night in the year. And I'm just going to make a guess about when it is and I'm going to get forgiven for everything. That's not a good mentality for a person to have. And we're not going to say Allah will not have mercy on that person because the mercy of Allah is vast and it's not for us to restrict it. But we're going to say that it's not the sunnah of Allah. It's not the way of Allah with his creation that a person that has that mentality will typically get the tawfiq from Allah and the success from Allah to, to get that day that they want. Maybe the, the, from time to time they will get it, but it will not be a regular thing because the whole mentality is wrong. It's a mentality that I'm just going to go out one night a year and I'm going to get rahmah, I'm going to get mercy. And I'm not even going to make an effort even for 10 nights of the year. Whereas the one who really gets it is the one that worships Allah as many nights of the year that they can worship Him. And they try their best for Ramadan, from the beginning of Ramadan, the middle of Ramadan, the end of Ramadan, the last 10 days they make even more effort, after Ramadan they make even more effort and they're just trying all the time to worship Allah, that is the person who, generally speaking, you hope that Allah will give them the tawfiq to get that night in the way that it was deserving and not to be from the people who said, I will go but then fell asleep or the people who said, I will go but then left early or the people who you know, for what other, for whatever other reason didn't get the benefit of that night, of that 1,000 months of worship in a single night and 1,000 months of virtue in a single night. So I really want to hammer this point home to everybody that if you want to be from the people who get the 1,000 months, you need to show your commitment to worshipping Allah throughout the year, especially in Ramadan and especially in the last 10 days of Ramadan. Also, Laylatul uh, Qadri khayrun min alfi shahr. Laylatul Qadr is better than a thousand months. This contains also another evidence, which is that Allah Azza wa Jal Allah gives increase to anything He wants, whenever He wants. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will give an increase to a night and make it worth a thousand months, and He will give an increase to a good deed and make it worth. A thousand or ten thousand or hundred thousand good deeds, whatever he wills. Allah increases anything however he wants. So it is not for a person to say, how can a night be worth a thousand months? How can me going for a night and the night might be very, very short. I know when we have Ramadan in the UK in the summer, then the night could, could be certainly where I'm in Newcastle. We might finish uh, maybe... Salat al-Isha, it could be 11 o'clock and Fajr might be at 2 o'clock in the morning. Might be a very short time, only a few hours long. But in that few hours, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put that reward. Allah increases whatever He wants for whoever He wants. And that's why it is narrated about this particular night which is the night of Laylatul Qadr, that whoever misses out on that night has truly missed out. Has truly missed out. And that's why uh, Al-Imam Ahmed and An-Nasai and others narrated from Abi Hurairah that the Prophet Sallallahu uh, 
لما حضر رمضان قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم when the month of Ramadan came the Prophet ﷺ, he said قد جاءكم شهر رمضان رمضان the month of Ramadan came to you شهر مبارك a blessed month افترض الله عليكم صيامه Allah has made fasting this month obligatory تفتح فيه أبواب الجنة the doors of Jannah are opened وتغلق فيه أبواب الجحيم and the doors of Jahannam are closed وتغل فيه الشياطين and the devils are chained فيه ليلة خير من ألف شهر من حرم خيرها فقد حرم there is a night in it which is better than a thousand months and whoever loses out on the virtue of that night has really lost out. Now I don't want to get too much into the into the details of this hadith because we, we would spend a long time on it, but it is a hadith which tells us a number of a number of benefits that we want to highlight. Uh, the month of Ramadan, of course, a month which is Mubarak, and this is the this is the better expression to use. Uh, sometimes we see people using the expression Ramadan Kareem. Can Danny? That's something which I don't believe it falls into that which is haram uh, to say. However, it is better for a person to use the expression that was used by the Salaf, rahimahumullah taala, uh, and that is that Ramadan is a month which is mubarak, shahrun mubarak. Allah Azza wa Jal made fasting that month obligatory in it. Tuftahu fihi abwabul jannah in some of the narrations. Tufattahu fihi abwabul jannah. The doors of jannah are widely open, and the doors of the of jahannam are closed. And the shayateen in the narration of an nasai maradat shayateen, the marada, the very severe shayateen, the very obstinate shayateen are chained. Now, with the chaining of the shayateen. This is a thing a lot of people have a question about, so I thought I may as well mention it here. First of all, we have a number of issues about this. The chaining of the shayateen, and we can mention it here because it has a connection to Laylatul Qadr. The chaining of the shayateen is not something which means there are no shayateen. That is from a number of angles. Number one, uh, because some of the narrations mentioned the only shayateen to be chained are the marada, the marada extremely obstinate and stubborn shayateen. And so maybe some of the shayateen that are not from the leaders among them, they may not be chained. That's the first thing. Second of all, chained doesn't mean absent. It means their efforts are reduced, their power is reduced, but it doesn't mean that they have no power. And thirdly, the soul is constantly inclined towards evil. So this is why we can relate this to Laylatul Qadr. And we want at the end of the hadith that in it there is a night that is better than a thousand months. Whoever loses out on its good has truly lost out. But here we want to we want to go to this issue of is it possible for there to be evil happen on Laylatul Qadr? Or is Laylatul Qadr a night in which there is guaranteed to be no evil happen at all? What we see is that the same answer can be given as is given uh, to the issue of the chaining of the shayateen. First of all, the chaining of the shayateen, if it refers to the leaders among the jinn, then this chaining doesn't mean that they are 
absent, but it means that their efforts and their powers are reduced. Also, that it doesn't necessarily exclude shayateen al-ins, the shaitan of, among people. Because some people behave like shayateen and, and, and become like shayateen. Like Allah Azza wa Jalla said, shayateen al-insi wal-jinn yuhi ba'duhum ila ba'din zukhruf al-qawli ghurura. Shaitan from the men and the jinn, each of them inspiring the other ones with decorated words of deception. Uh, and also the nafs as well, the nafs of the people, which is enough of a cause of evil. So we're going to come to the statement of Allah Salam, Salam on here. That does this mean that there will be no evil on Laylatul Qadr? And we said that the rajah, the correct opinion here is that it doesn't mean that there will be no evil, there can be nothing bad can happen on Laylatul Qadr. Or if something bad happened to you, then that night could not have been Laylatul Qadr. We're going to speak about that in more detail, but we can we can highlight it here because this question comes up a lot. If the shaitan is chained, then why do we still see some bad things happening in Ramadan? Reality is the effects of the shayateen are lessened, but we also have our own nafs. And also there are narrations which indicate that it is not the all of the shayateen that are chained. And Allah knows best. Also, we have a hadith uh, in Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of Abi Hurairah. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man qama laylatul qadri imanan wa ahtisaba ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbih. Whoever stands the night of al-qadr, imanan wa ahtisaba with iman and hoping for the reward of Allah, their previous sins will be forgiven. And there's a great emphasis on Laylatul Qadr in the forgiveness of sins. And that's why our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, she said in an authentic hadith to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in wafaqtu Laylatul Qadr ma adru. If I match, if I catch the Laylatul Qadr, if, I'm, if, I, if Allah gives me success to catch Laylatul Qadr, what dua should I make? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, you should say, Allahumma innaka afoon tuhibbu al-afwa fa'fu anni. Oh Allah, you are the one who loves to pardon the most. You are afu, you are the pardoner, and you love to pardon. So pardon me. So there's a definite emphasis on forgiveness when it comes to Laylatul Qadr. There's a definite emphasis on Laylatul Qadr when it comes to forgiveness, being forgiven and being pardoned by Allah. His previous sins will be forgiven. Also in the hadith of Aisha, and this hadith is narrated by At-Tirmidhi and Nasai ibn Majah and others, that we have an evidence for making dua on Laylatul Qadr. Because if you look at this, there is no evidence in the surah or in any of the Quran that talks about Laylatul Qadr for dua. Rather, the evidence for dua comes from the sunnah. In the statement of Aisha, ma ad'u. What dua should I make? So that shows there was an understanding among the Sahaba that Laylatul Qadr was a night for dua. Otherwise, there isn't a specific evidence among the things which mention Laylatul Qadr and dua. But the hadith of Aisha, it shows us that one of the things which is recommended on Laylatul Qadr is a dua. Ma adru, what dua should I make? He said, You should say, Allahumma innaka afuun, tuhibbul afwa, fa'fu anni, oh Allah, you are afu and you love. Afu, you love to pardon, to overlook the mistakes that people make. So overlook my mistakes and pardon me. Uh, 
Allah Azza wa Jalla said, "Inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr, wa ma adraka ma laylatul qadr. Laylatul qadr khayrun min alf shahr. Tanazzal al malaikatu wa ruhu fiha bi idni Rabbihim min kulli amr." Tanazzal. This word, tanazzal, uh, here it indicates that the angels descend, but here it indicates something unique because Allah Azza wa Jalla didn't say tanzil. Tanzilul Malaika, the angels come down. He said Tanazzal. And Tanazzal is a word which Tadullu ala al kathra wa tatabur. It indicates happening a lot and it indicates one of them coming after the other one coming after the other one. So it indicates that a huge number of angels will descend and it also indicates that not only will a huge number of the angels uh, descend, but that they will descend one after the other, after the other. That is why Imam Ahmed, who narrated from Abi Hurairah, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said about Laylatul Qadr, "Inna fi fi sabi'a It is on the twenty seventh or the twenty ninth night. Wa inna malaika tilka layla. Imam Ahmed narrated it that, they, that it will be on the 27th or the 29th night. Now bear in mind that this we have other narrations give other nights. So when we put it together, we said we get all of the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And that the angels on that night on the earth are more than the number of pebbles. More than the hasa, the small stones. There are more angels on the earth than the number of pebbles. This is also indicated by the statement of Allah Azza Tanazzal, Tanazzal, that a huge number of angels and that they come one after the other after the other. So they come in droves in large numbers and they follow one after the other. Tanazzal al-Malaika. Tanazzal al-Malaika wal-Ruh. The angels and the spirit, the Ruh. And the Ruh here the overwhelming majority of the scholars of Tafsir, they said the Ruh is Jibril. And Jibril is described as being the Ruh in a number of ayat of the Quran. Allah Azawajal described Jibril as Ruh al-Qudus, the sacred Ruh, as Ar-Ruh al-Amin, the trustworthy Ruh. And Allah Azawajal described it or described Jibril, described him as Ruhana as our spirit, ayah created spirit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah Azawajal created Jibreel, but Jibreel has a special position among all of the angels. Others said that uh, Ar-Ruh is a, is a type of angel and not Jibreel, but here the evidence seems to indicate that it refers to Jibreel. Therefore, why is Jibreel mentioned separately, alayhi salam, to the angels? The angels and the Ruh and Jibreel descend in it. Why is that mentioned? The scholars say this is because of the status of Jibreel above the other angels and the honor of Jibreel and his position above all of the other angels. And for that reason, it is atful khasi ala al-am 
it's mentioning something which is specific after something which is general, after where it generally belongs. So Jibril is an angel. Tanazzalul malaika, of which Jibril is one of those malaika. Warruh, and Jibril is mentioned additionally, even though he's one of those angels, because of his position and his status in the sight of Allah Azza wa Jal. Tanazzalul malaika tu warruhu fiha min kulli amr. Here is where we get to probably the more complicated or the more uh, the, the part that needs the most amount of thinking about. This statement of Allah min kulli amr. First of all, the word kulli amr means every thing or every command. An amr can be a command and an amr can be just a thing. Min kulli shay'in, from everything. So what does it mean min Kulli Amr. So we're going to look at two different or even three, at least two different opinions about this Min Kulli Amr. The first one we're going to look at is the opinion of Mujahid Rahimahullahu Ta'ala that he, uh, he said that the Min Kulli Amr here relates to the Salam. So he said Min Kulli Amrin Salam. That it is a night which is Salam. It is free of every matter. It's safe from every matter. So here the, the Mujahid took the word min kulli amr from every matter to relate to the Salam. And Salamun here min kulli amr. That it is free of anything happening in it. So what does it mean that it's it's free of things happening? Salam is not going to happen. Like salam can mean uh, here, it's not, it, it, it escaped, it didn't, it didn't get, that didn't happen to it. It didn't happen. So what is the thing which didn't happen on that night? Every, everything, from the matters of the shaitan, from the matters of fear, from the matters of ashar, from the matters of evil, salam. Salamun hiya min kulli amr. That that night is free of anything happening in it which is from those things of the shayateen. That was the opinion of Mujahid. So he connected min kulli amr to the word in the next ayah, salam. With the permission of their Lord, Min Kulli Amrin Salamunhi. For every matter, it is safe from it. I safe from having anything bad happening in it. That was the opinion of Mujahid. However, the opinion of the majority here is that the word salam is a new. Uh, description of Laylatul Qadr. It's another part of Laylatul Qadr and it isn't connected to Min Kulli Amr. And that Min Kulli Amr, it either means Min Ajli Kulli Amr or it means Li Kulli Amr or it means Bi Kulli Amr. So here these three are actually quite close to one another. So they connected it to not to the Salam but to the angels. 
i.e. the angels descend min ajli kulli amr for the sake of every matter that Allah had decreed to happen in the year. And they took this from the statement of Allah Azza wa yufraqu kullu amrin hakim. In Surah Dukhan, on that night, every wise matter will be separated and decreed. It's going to be decreed, it's going to be established. Every wise matter. So they said, the angels descend min ajli kulli amr for the sake of all the things that Allah has commanded to happen. So why is the earth flooded with angels? Because Allah has commanded these angels to do these things and these angels to do these things and these angels to have the responsibility for these things. Min ajli kulli amr for the sake of all these different things that Allah commanded them to do, the angels come down. Tanazzalul malaika fiha the angels and and Jibril come down for the sake of for the purpose of all of those commands which Allah commanded them to do min kulli amr likewise li kulli amr is quite similar in that way meaning li kulli amr amr allahu bi i.e. they they come down for the commands that Allah had commanded them to do, I for for the sake of Allah's commands, and it said bikulli amr that they came, they come down with those commands. I they bring those commands down to the earth. Allah Azza wa Jal commands the angels in the heavens, and the angels come down to the earth with, with those commands, bearing those commands I, to do this, to do this, to 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 do this. So they come down with those commands for the sake of those commands or for the reason of carrying out those commands, these are all quite similar. And this is uh, what most of the scholars of tafsir, they said about it, that the min kulli amr relates to the amr of Allah Azza wa Jal, that his qada that he decreed and that he gives to the angels. So they descend with it and they descend for it. They descend with it, i.e. having taken it from the commands of Allah and brought it to the earth, and they descend for it. I, the reason why they descend is to carry out those commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them and those decrees that Allah azza wa jal gave them. Salamun hi hatta matara'il fajr. Allah azza wa jal, he said salam. Again, uh, most of the scholars of tafsir, they said that the word salam here, what it means is that, that that night is a night of salam. And a salam is to be safe from something. Here, some of the scholars, they said the salam is the salam of the angels to each other or the salam of the angels to the people on the earth. This is one opinion. They said when the angels come down, the angels give each other salam or the angels give salam. I make dua for Allah to keep the people from the believers in the masjid safe. So those people who they find in the masjid on that night who are praying, the angels make dua for them. However, this requires a dalil. It requires evidence. We don't see necessarily a strong evidence for that, except the general evidences of the angels who go by the halaqat of dhikr. They go by the remembrance of Allah and they go and they listen to the Qur'an which is there and they lower their wings for the student of knowledge and so on. 
For the general evidences, maybe, but specifically for Laylatul Qadr, that the angels specifically come to give salam to the people in the masajid, well, that needs a dalil, and he needs evidence uh, for it. However, it said that salam, it means salima min ash aw salima min ash And that was the opinion of Ibn Jarir, rahimullah ta'ala. Salima min ash that is free from the occurrence of evil or free from the shayateen, and safe from the shayateen. Khayrun kulluha, some of them said, all of it is good. And there's nothing in it which is evil or nothing in it which is uh, from the matters of the shayateen. The statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, Salamun hiya hatta matala il fajr until the coming of the dawn. When the dawn comes, there are certain signs that Laylatul Qadr has come. From the signs that are mentioned in the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, is related to the sun. And that the shams, the sun, will come out mustawiya laysalaha shu'a. It will come out and it will not have any rays. It, w- it will be like a, like a disc and it won't have any rays coming out from it. That is one of the signs of like the moon on the night when it is full. That is one of the signs of uh, Laylatul Qadr. Uh, and it's also said that the night will be sakina sajia. It will be a night that is calm. So it will be a night that is a night that is calm. A night that is calm and a night in which the sun rays come up. The sun comes up without any rays. However, on these issues of these signs, and there are others that are mentioned regarding Laylatul Qadr as well that are authentically reported in the Sunnah of the Prophet. The difficulty with the signs of Laylatul Qadr and the area where people often go wrong is in relying upon the signs. And again, trying to skip the act of worshipping Allah regularly throughout the last 10 days of Ramadan and instead relying upon looking for signs. So the, these signs are authentic. The sign regarding the sun, the fact that it's a calm night and so on. These are authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ. But the difficulty that we have is when people uh, often try to kind of cheat and use the sign and they they will say, okay, I'm not going to go out tonight because it doesn't seem to be a calm night. Or that I saw the sun rise yesterday without any rays, so therefore I'm not going to go to the masjid tonight or tomorrow night or the next night. Well, this is all a mistake because it's very easy to misinterpret these signs and these signs are not clear and easy for a person to understand in that way. Rather, it's easy for a person to make mistakes and errors and it's easy for a person to get it wrong. So I wouldn't uh, you know, advise people to change their pattern of worship because the night is not cold or not hot or not still or not calm or because they've already seen the sun rise the morning before and it was it, it rise without any rays because this is something which is easy for a person to misinterpret. As for the actual day in which Laylatul Qadr uh, can be the narrations in this are many. There are narrations about the 21st, the 23rd, the 25th, the 27th, the 29th, 
there are narrations for the last day before Ramadan finishes, i.e. the last day in which there is a taraweeh prayer. There are narrations regarding when there is one day left to go, when there are three days left to go, five days left to go, seven days left to go. There are narrations even in Bukhari and Muslim that there are so many different narrations regarding the happening of Laylatul Qadr and which uh, night Laylatul Qadr will come upon. From the narrations, we're just going to mention a few of them. Is the narration narrated by Al-Bukhari from Abdullah ibn Abbas that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Iltamisuha fil ashri al-awakhir min Ramadan fi ta fi ta si'atin tabqa fi sabi'atin tabqa fi khamisatin tabqa. That seek it in the last 10 days of Ramadan when nine days remain or seven days remain, or five days remain. That talks about the importance of counting it from the back. And in some of the narrations from Ubay ibn Ka'ab and Rasulullah that he said, It's the night of the 27th. And in other narrations that we have in the hadith of Ubadah ibn Samit, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was asked about Laylatul Qadr. He said, Fi Ramadan, he said that seek it in the last 10 days it's either on the 21st or the 23rd or the 25th or the 27th or the 29th or on the last day uh, or this uh, this word on the last day here in this narration is not authentic but in other narrations it's mentioned authentically on the last day and in other hadith, like the hadith of Abi Huraira, إِنَّهَا فِي لَيْلَةِ سَابِعَةٍ أَوْ تَاسِعَةٍ وَعِشْرِينَ It's on the 27th or the 29th uh, night. And in other narrations, there are, there are other things mentioned as well. Some of them mention counting from the back of the month. Some of them mention counting from the beginning of the month. So the only way for the person to remain safe and for the person to remain with a guarantee of catching Laylatul Qadr is for them to pray all of those 10 nights, last 10 nights of Ramadan, whether the month is short, whether the month is long, and to remain worshipping Allah steadfastness and regularity until that time, until that time comes. Salamun here, that it is a night of salam, it is a night of, uh, in which there is salam, in which there is safety, and in which there is peace, it is a night of salam until the Fajr comes. And that tells us the importance of worshipping Allah throughout that night as the Prophet used to do. And we remind ourselves of the hadith of Aisha in which the Prophet said, Say, O Allah, you are Afu, you love Al-Afu, so forgive me, pardon me, and overlook my sins. As for Dua, in Ramadan in general, then of course we should be looking at all of the times where we have madhinnatul ijaba, where we have expectation or a belief that our dua will be accepted. And that can be of course anytime during the day, it can be when we come to break the fast, it can be uh, when between the adhan and the iqama, it can be on the Friday before Maghrib, it can be uh, at different, different, at any of the times when the rain falls and you take advantage of, in the last third of the night, you take advantage of all of these times to make your dua in Ramadan. 
and especially Laylatul Qadr, as we said, is one of the times where it is a mudhinna, a hope and an expectation that Allah will answer your dua because of the statement of Aisha radiallahu anha in which she said, فَمَا أَدْعُوا What dua should I make? And that that dua, first of all, should be this dua asking Allah for pardon and asking Allah for forgiveness. That's what Allah made it easy for me to mention from the tafsir of this surah. Otherwise, there are a lot of issues connected to Ramadan and Laylatul Qadr. But we just try to kind of connect it to what is mentioned in the surah. And Allah knows best. وَالصَّلَةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى نَبِينَ مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Jazakumullah khairan for watching. Please subscribe, share, and you can visit muhammadtim.com.